Hey, race fans, this is Daryl Waltrip. You know, I won the first NASCAR All-Star race, and I've won three cup championships, and I'm in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. But being part of the Scott Hamilton Show, well, that's really big. Listen to it every day right here on ESPN Charleston. And boogity, boogity, booty. Let's go racing, boys. Hurricane Ian, it's a bad boy. 155 mile per hour winds right now. Cat 4, that's got to be getting close to a Cat 5. Moving north-northeast at 9 miles per hour. I'm looking at the map now. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tear up Jack, dude. Wow. Hoping our guest is okay. Our friend Mike Guggenin on Three Sports. Mike, you doing okay down there? Uh, we are right now. I'm in Orlando, which is about eh, 150 miles north northeast, which is the way Ian's coming. So at some point today, I'm losing power. Just don't know when that's going to be. Uh, the last time we had a hurricane in Orlando was Irma in 2017, and that was without power for eight days. Mm. And that's something that folks in South Carolina know about being without power in the aftermath of a hurricane. That's that's not a fun time. Do you do you have any travel plans or anything like that coming up? No, because my wife works for the state of Florida and is considered an essential employee. So we're sort of uh, stuck here. I do have family members in Tampa and St. Pete. They've already lost power. Uh, a friend of mine, a guy I work with, actually lives in Fort Myers. He thankfully left. But, no, I mean, this entire state, it's been raining for about 12 hours, and we're expecting up to 30 inches of rain in parts of the county in which I live, which is north of Orlando. Mike, have you? I know we brought you on to get your excellent knowledge regarding college football, but I've I've got to ask you have you have you gotten provisions and everything you oh, need? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in Florida, Florida native, and you figure you know being in the middle of the state, it's, it's or I don't like Orlando, but there are. You know, you're you're not supposedly you're not going to be in the path of hurricanes, but yeah, yeah, here we are, the third one in 20 years. So yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in Orlando, and I worked for Golf Week. I'd have to go down about every six weeks, and I found the only thing you really had to worry about were gators and tourists. Other than that, it was... yes, tourists and and humidity and bad traffic. Yeah. Well, Mike, hopefully we'll give you a pleasant distraction for a few minutes, yeah. and hopefully your power will not go out at all. Uh, we're joined by Mike Huguenin on 3 Sports. Mike, I sent you the text regarding this report from Dennis Dodd. He's saying that the Pac-12 uh, perhaps in imminent na- danger, not only from the Big Ten, but also from the Big 12. What's your take when you hear something like that? You, you, we're, we're, you know, we've, there's been chatter ever since UCLA and USC went to the Big Ten, the idea that, okay, they're taking two, are they going to take more? And there are reasons to covet Oregon, Washington, and Stanford if you're the Big Ten. The Big Ten, Stanford's appealing, obviously, because it's extremely high-level academically. It'd be like adding a different Northwestern, except one with a phenomenal athletic program. Um, and Oregon and Washington are in a relatively large media market. Seattle, obviously, is a lot bigger than Portland, but still, you bring this to a board. And the idea that maybe Cal would be the other one, which would give you a, another high-performing academic school in in an area in which there are a lot of TV sets. But um, it's also hard to believe that an 18-team big—I'm sorry, a 20-team Big Ten 
financially works unless the league has been promised if you do A, B, and C, then we will give you this much money. Because you're not adding four more teams and not increasing the size of the pie, so to speak. So um, one aspect in all conference expansion that I think a lot of older fans like myself overlook, streaming services. Um, the Amazons of the world, the Apple TVs of the world. You know, heck, Amazon's got the Thursday night game on the NFL. If you don't have streaming, you ain't watching. So there is an untapped market for that for college football. Um, but, again, the, the chatter has never really gone away, though. You know, you're right, Dennis Dodge report for CBS made it seem like, oh, this is going to happen, depending on how you read it. I, I'm not sure it's imminent, but, I, you know, the idea that, I think that Greg Sankey said uh, two months ago, we're fine at 16. You know, we're not looking to expand. Well, if Notre Dame AD and the North Carolina AD walked into his office, the SEC would expand 30 seconds later. So everybody's looking for a way to make extra money. And if adding more teams from the Pac-12 would do that for the Big Ten, they're, they're going to do it. This report also mentions the two Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, potentially going to the Big 12. Mike, I, I got to say, I'm loving me to the Big 12, especially if they pick up those two Arizona schools in Utah. Well, Arizona State's a school that I think in the coaching business, and, and in Arizona to a lesser extent, but the, the untapped potential at those schools. There's a heck of a lot of kids, um, high-level recruits from the state of Arizona. And the problem has been none of them stay at home. So if you get the right coach, it's, it's going to be a hot program. Uh, Utah is a solid program. Colorado is horrendous in football, uh, okay in basketball, overall athletics, so it's not very good. But obviously there's a lot of history with Colorado and, and the Big 12. So um, they left because they were sort of tired of being told what to do by Texas. But now Texas is gone. So and the two schools that – Really, no, no one seems to want our Oregon State and Washington State. I, I think at one point it was considered, well, you know, wherever Oregon goes, wherever Washington goes, they're going to take a little brother with them. Uh, that's not the case anymore. So um, I, I think God said that perhaps those schools go to the Mountain West, which is which is possible. But yeah, the the idea that conference expansion slash realignment is done with that, that's that's folly again, because if there's more money to be made, the the conferences are going to do it. But that's the key. You don't you don't add teams unless you can make more money, and that would be the determining factor for all this. Join by Mike Huguenin on three. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Huguenin. Mike, where does the ACC stand at all this? Is, is there going to come a point, and I've thrown this out there, that it seems to me the penalty that they would have to pay any schools that want to leave the ACC, that's who I mean, that the penalty those schools would have to pay – would maybe eventually balance out and that by not trying to find an exit sooner rather than later just doesn't make financial sense. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that the, the grant of rights deal right now, you're right, it's exorbitant. But, you know, five, six years from now, it'll be less exorbitant. And there are schools in the ACC that other leagues covet. North Carolina is up there at the, at the highest, I think, them in Clemson. North Carolina is a really great athletic program. Um, football obviously is waxes and wanes. The basketball program is a true blue blood. They have f- tremendous Olympic sports, phenomenal women's program, and an exceedingly smart 
AD who was ahead of the curve on NIL. And that's something that needs to be taken into consideration along with this as well. Bubba Cunningham is an extremely sharp guy, realized what NIL was going to do to college athletics and started planning for it before most of the other ADs in the country. Clemson is hot right now football-wise, but, you know, if this were, you know, 1994, Clemson would have zero cachet. And then it would have been all about adding Florida State. Um, Florida State and Miami, the idea that you know they're, they're naturals for the SEC, I'm not buying that. Um, Florida's in the SEC. Florida, there's more Florida grads in Florida than anywhere else. TV ratings for Florida and all the big markets are, are tremendous. Uh, Miami's fan support is a mile wide but an inch deep. If you saw their game Saturday against Middle Tennessee, um, you saw stands that were two-thirds empty. So... Um, and Miami's athletic program as a whole isn't that strong. Florida State has gotten a heck of a lot better in the last five or six years. That's a positive. But the two schools um, that, that are most discussed when it comes to conference expansion from the ACC are Clemson and North Carolina. Is there any, I guess, benefit to, to going ahead and working a deal like that even years in advance and making the announcement known? Kind of like Texas and Oklahoma but maybe on much longer term, maybe looking five years down the road, Clemson and... You know, from a school standpoint, I think from a recruiting standpoint, yeah, we're getting out of this league, we're moving on up. But from a logistical standpoint, I mean, look at the... It's, you know, Oklahoma and Texas, the idea, well, you know, we're not leaving for a while, and everybody's on both sides. Or Actually, this is a three-sided thing, because you got the schools, you got the SEC and the Big 12. Nobody's happy. So... Um, I, I think the better thing is what happened with the Big Ten and UCLA and USC. It's sort of like stealth move, boom, they're coming into our league next year. And that's, I think, the, the, the best way to do it because I think there's less logistical issues um, for the new league. Now, for the old league, there's obviously logistical issues for the Pac-12. I don't think UCLA and USC care. So, But if you're if you're stuck, I think the – Oklahoma and Texas are having to deal with some of the logistical issues this year and next year in the Big 12. So um, I think the, the, the best way is here, these schools are coming in, boom, it's happening now. Uh, you know, four or five years, six years in advance, I think that that's, that's, not, that's not feasible on a lot of, a lot of uh, levels. Though my, my, the idea that North Carolina and Clemson and, frankly, every school in the ACC that wants out, there's been back room. Already, no question. And, and Mike, just one more point before we let you go. We talk about how going to the SEC is going to be such a wonderful move for Oklahoma and Texas, how going from the Pac 12 to the Big Ten is going to be so great for USC and UCLA. But is the biggest winner in all this that we have not discussed, could it be the Sunbelt Conference? Because it reinforced its rank so marvelously, and it really didn't have to do anything, didn't give anything up, and did it kind of quietly. Yeah, the Sunbelt. It is. I mean, nobody focuses on group of five leagues, which is unfortunate on a lot of levels. But you're right, the, 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 the Sunbelt commissioner and the Sunbelt president's chancellors, you know, however they're called, realized we're better off being a regional league. Let's embrace our regionality. And you brought in some schools that, you know, James Madison has played a lot of the schools they had a big rivalry with App State when they were both FCS members. Um, they've done a nice job of being a regional conference. And if you're not 
a true bigwig like one of the Power Fives, being regional is the, is, is the way to go. And I think the Mountain West, to an extent, has that same positivity because it, and even if they add Oregon State and Washington State, those are schools in our area. You know, I live in Orlando. UCF's part of the AAC. Um, so is Houston. So is East Carolina. So is Cincinnati. And obviously UCF is moving on to the Big 12, and you're joining a league where one of your conference rivals is West Virginia. You know, that, that's, you know, whatever, that's fine. But I think the way the Sun Belt has done things um, is exceedingly smart, no question. And it's gotten to be really good football because I think they also have, their ADs have embraced, we're not going to hire a coach who's going to be here for 20 years. We're going to hire a coach who, if he's successful, will be gone in five. So what? For those five years, we're going to kick some butt. He's Mike Huguenin on three. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Huguenin. Mike, excellent stuff as always, man. Have, have you know you haven't seen like any witches fly by or anything, have no, you? No, just a bunch of tree limbs down already. And again, we're, I'm 150 miles away from the center, so we're not. We're, this is going to be um, this is disgusting. But again, people along the South Carolina coast, you know, you 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 await these things and you hope they go through fast. The problem with this one is it's moving like 10 miles an hour which means we're going to have 12 hours of torrential rain, which is why we might get 30 inches of rain. So, but, um, yeah, at least there's football this weekend. Hopefully I'll be able to watch it, if not at my house, at, at somebody else's house. Mike, be safe. Appreciate your time. All right, I appreciate buddy. it, man. Always enjoy it. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. It's Mike Huguenin of On3. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Huguenin. I agree. The Sun Belt Conference knows who it is, and it's okay with that. Know your identity and make it work for you as best you can, and that's what they're doing. Really, really just genius moves on the part of Commissioner Keith Gill and the school presidents. I applaud them for their ability to not only survive during this age of conference realignment, but thrive and come out bigger, better, faster, stronger on the other side. Scott Hamilton Show on Wednesday. I